הרי אני מקשר עצמי לכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שבדרנו ולכל הצדיקים האמיתיים שוכני הפך קדוש במשך בארץ המה. ובפחד לרבנו הקדוש צדיק יסוד עולם נחל נובע מקור חוכמה רבנו נחמן ופגם את שמחה. נא נח נחמן נחמן מאומן זכותו תגן עלינו ועל כל ישראל אמן. So ברוך השם, today we start with Torah and Yimel, we start a new lesson. We're going to do uh, four lessons today בעזרת השם. All the way up until Torah 77. Torah and Yimel one who wants to merit to do teshuva, to return to Hashem, he should be accustom himself to, to saying the words of Tehidim. He should accustom himself to read Tehidim every single day. Rabbi is going to speak about the power of Tehidim and a tremendous, tremendous chidush that it's, it's beyond words. Uh, we're going to see at the end of the lesson, towards the end, this most amazing, amazing play of words that Rabbi finds in a verse. So look at this. Rabbeinu teaches us that one who wants to merit to do Teshuvah, you need to read Tehidim. <laughs> one should accustom himself in reading Tehidim, because the reciting of Tehidim is propitious for Teshuvah, for repentance. Because there's 50 gates of Teshuvah, of returning to Hashem, as it's brought down. We see in the Gemara Rosh Hashanah, I believe. Um, we also know there's 50 gates in Bina. And uh, what, uh, as we know, according to the Sod, that there's 50 gates in the Sfirah of Bina, in the attribute of Bina. And uh, Bina is the Sfirah of Tshuva, as we know. Look in the, uh, what do you call it? Look in the Amida, um, in the Kabanot of the Arizal. The Rashash over there mentioned this idea that uh, the Nikud, the way that you're supposed, the, the way that Yudke Vavke is, um, the vowel points that are mentioned on the Yudke Vavke, when you say, Bauchata Hashem, Hawatsebi Tshuva, over there in the Amida, in the Shmona Esrei, the silent prayer that we say every single day, three times a day. Over there, the way the Yudke Vavke is spelled is with the Tzere, the vowel point which has two dots side by side. And those two dots side by side, the Tzere, the vowel point, represents the Sfirah Bina. And uh, this, so we see that this idea of Teshuvah is Bina. So there's 50 gates in Bina, and Bina symbolizes Teshuvah. And there's 49 gates which a person can enter and attain. But the 50th gate in itself is the Teshuvah of Hashem Himself. Rabbanu is saying you can go through all 49 gates, but the 50th gate belongs to God. And that 50th gate is actually whenever Hashem returns to us. As if to say, Because with God, we also find this concept of Teshuvah. And look at this Chidush that Rabbanu is teaching us. Chapter 3, Return to me and I will return to you all. So Hashem says, I will return, meaning that Shuvu Eli, return to me, go through the 49 gates of Teshuvah, but I will return to you, that's the 50th gate. These 49 gates of Teshuvah are the aspect of the 49 levers, uh, letters that are within the names of the 12 tribes, the tribes of God. If you take each of the 12 tribes, which is Reuven, Shimon, Levi, Yehuda, Yisachar, Zebulun, God, Naftali, Dan, Asher, Yosef, Binyamin, all those 12. If you take all of their letters, it has, they, all of them together, those 12 tribes have 49 letters. He calls because each and every gate has one of the letters of those 49 letters of the, of the tribes. And behold, now we can see. Everyone desires to fear your name, Hashem. 
As it says in Nehemiah chapter 1 verse 11, this language. And nonetheless, not every person merits to do Teshuvah. Because there's a person that doesn't have any awakening to do Teshuvah at all. And even a person who has an awakening, who's is, who is aroused to do Teshuvah, he doesn't merit to actually reach the Elaot, sorry, I read that wrong. Elaot to the letter, the Ashar and the gate of the Teshuva, of the repentance that he needs, that is applicable to him. Meaning sometimes, even if you're awakened to do Teshuvah, you don't merit to enter the gate which you need to go through. Because we know there's 49 gates. Each gate is one of the letters of the Shvatim. Because we know the 49 letters of the 12 tribes. If you take all the names of the 12 tribes, you have 49 letters. So each letter of the tribes um, symbolizes a gate. But sometimes when you want to do Teshuvah, Rabbanu says it's not certain that you go through your the gate that you need to go through for the tshuva that is applicable to you at that moment. Even if you reach that gate, it's possible that that gate of teshuva is closed. And it's because of all these reasons that we said above that a person does not merit to do teshuva. But through the reciting of teilim, when you recite psalms, even one who does not have any awakening for teshuva, he will awaken himself to do Teshuvah. And not only that, Rabban was saying, not only does the person who doesn't even normally do Teshuvah at all, because he's not even awakened, he's not even conscious of it, he will be awakened as long as he recites Teshuvah. But Rabban says, for the person who wants to do Teshuvah, but can't reach his gate, him too, he'll be able to reach the gate that he, go, he needs to go through. He'll be able to, through the Tehilim that he recites to reach the gate and the letter that is applicable to him. To open up that gate which has been sealed. We find that through Tehilim one merits to do Teshuvah. The words of the man who is established on high. And this is the reference to David Gever, the words of the man. And it says in Shmuel Bet, chapter 23, that uh, he established the benefit of Teshuvah. And what does it say at the end of the verse? And the sweet singer of Israel. This is reference to David Amelech. Because through the sweet singing of the Jewish people, what does it mean, the sweet singer? Sorry, not the sweet singer, the sweet singer of the Jewish people. And who is that? It's David Amelech. And what did he do? He compiled the book of Tehidim. And through this, he established and he, he established the benefit of Teshuvah. Because through Tehidim, one merits Teshuvah. So now we can understand that Gemaran Moed Katan of the beauty of how David Amelech established Teshuvah. From this lesson that Rabbeinu is teaching us that it actually takes to the reciting of Tehidim that we can merit to do true Teshuvah. This is what the Gemara says in Avod HaZarah. That David was not suited for that deed, meaning that act, which he was punished for later with regard to Bathsheba. But rather what? That the only reason that, he, that, it, that it happened that way was in order to teach individuals Teshuvah. 
that we know that it's in the Gemara, that anyone who thinks that David committed a sin, eno elatoe, that he's um, he's very mistaken. He's the one who's make, who's he's the one who's sinning. Meaning that, don't think for one second that on a surface level we understand David's sin at all. Nimtza, we find so we see that the essential instruction of Teshuvah, that the, the person who really, who really teaches us about Teshuvah is David HaMelech. And the essential returning of David HaMelech is the book of Teinim in itself. When he said it with tremendous awakening and arousal and uh, with tremendous divine spirit, until literally to the point that each and every single individual, no matter which level he's on, that he's able to find himself within this book of Tehidim. And now he can merit to do Teshuvah through the reciting of Tehidim. Rabban was teaching us that David Amenach established such a principle to the point where no matter where the Jew is, how far or how high or how low, whatever it is, that he can always do Teshuvah through Tehidim. That's how powerful Tehidim was. And that is Tehidim is the essence of Teshuvah. And the main refinement of these 12 tribes of Hashem, which are the 49 letters, which represent the 49 gates of Teshuvah, the main refinement took place in Egypt, which is what we call the the narrow straits of the throat, the narrowness of the throat. And what is the narrowness of the throat? It's the aspect of Teshuvah Ila'ah. Supernal Teshuvah. As brought down in the writings of the Arizal, Ayen Sham. Look over there. And uh, look in Priyat Chayim, Sharchagamatot, Perg Zain, on the Kavanot, on the meditations of Abadim Hayinu. And understand it very well. And therefore, after the Jewish, the, these tribes, which are the 49 gates of Shuvah, the 49 letters, were refined in Egypt, and now we merited to leave Egypt. This is why we counted 49 days of the Omer. These are the 49, uh, this represents the 49 gates of Teshuvah, meaning those 49 days from the second day of Pesach up until uh, Shavuot. Represent these 49 gates of Shuvah, which represent the 49 letters of the tribes. And on the 50th day, on the 50th day, which is Shavuot in itself, as what happened? That God descended on, the, on uh, Mount Sinai. And it's in Shemot chapter 19. And this is what represents what we said above that we do to the Shuvah. What does it say? Return to me, God says, and I will return to you. So the 50th day, which is the 50th gate, represents God returning to us. That's the Teshuvah of Hashem. This is the Teshuvah of Hashem, the 50th gate that we mentioned. And look at this Chidush, Rabbi Nuzga Bala teach us. And this is what is written in Shemot. Literally the first verse, first chapter. And these are the names of Bnei Israel, the children of Israel, who came down to Egypt, and each man in his household. Take the first letters of uh, take the first letters of this uh, verse. Sorry, the last letters of this verse. 
The last letters of this verse, you have the hey, the tav, the yud, the lam, the mem, the hey, the tav, the bet, the shin, and the vav. Literally, the first five letters, the first five words, if you take the last letters of these first five words, you have the, the it spells the word teilim. And the last five words, the last letters, spell out what? Teshuvah. The last letters of this verse spell out Teilim and Teshuvah. Look at the Chidush Rabbeinu is telling us. Because it's through the reciting of Teilim that we merit Teshuvah. Which are the names of the Jewish people that went down to Egypt. Meaning the names of the tribes that went down. Because what we're talking about are these people that went down are the, are the 12 tribes and all their families. Because these 49 gates of Teshuvah or the aspect of the 49 letters present within the names of the children of Yaakov Avinu, Israel, who went down to Egypt to be refined over there because we said the main refinement of these uh, of this gates of, of Teshuvah comes from, uh, from within Egypt, which is the narrowness of the throat. And it's from there, whenever we left, that we attained this Teshuvah when we received the Torah. And this we see. And this is what we see should be made Shuvah that during the days of Teshuvah, meaning during the month of Elul and the 10 days of returning to Hashem from between Elul, the first, the, between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, all the Jewish people are engaged in reciting Teilim because the reciting of Teilim is propitious for doing Teshuvah. And this is why it's a very awesome thing to engage in reciting Teilim, because Teilim is a great arousal for Hashem. Happy is he who grabs on to this practice. Just from this we can see the power of reciting Teilim, may we have the merit to truly build a seder on reciting Teilim every single day. Torah Ein Dalet After Purim, we recite the parashat of the Parah. And this is a very important lesson. So pay attention. And we're coming close to Purim. So, this is getting more applicable. After Purim, we recite the chapter of the Parah, which is the Red Heifer. And this is the preparation for Pesach. This reciting of the Parashat Parah is the preparation for Pesach. Because the Parashat Parah we read in order that people be, will be uh, alerted to purify themselves from the impurity of the dead. When a person comes in contact with a dead person, this is what we call tumatmet. Um, so we read Parashat Parah, which is an idea of the purification, how the red heifer, we, we burn the ashes of the red heifer and how the, those ashes are able to purify a person who has tumatmet. Um, that, this is why we're reading Parashat Parah, to purify ourselves from this impurity of, the, of death. So that we are purified in order to be able to offer the Korban Pesach, the sacrificial lamb on Pesach. In the beginning, we have this aspect of the lottery, which is Purim. Because Purim is called Purim because it's called Pur, the lottery, the Goral, this lottery. As we see in Esther chapter 9, and look at the covenant of the Arizal, and the secret of what it says over there, he pid Pur, who are Goral? And with the idea of Pur and this idea of Paraduma, this connection. 
So Rabbeinu is teaching us though, at the beginning, this is the lottery, during the time of Purim, but afterwards, right after Purim, we read Parashat Para, which is what? Parah becomes the para. It's a play on the words. Now it becomes the para, the red heifer. Because it's certain that Purim is also an approach and a pathway to Pesach. And this is the aspect of what is mentioned in Shir Hashirim chapter 5. His lips are roses. Dripping with flowing moch. This flowing spice. With his fragrance. What does it mean his lips? This represents Pesach. Why? Pesach. Because Pesach is a play on the word Pesach. It's brought down in the writing of the Arizal. In the covenant of the Ari. What is Pesach? It's in the words Pe, the mouth, Sach, that speaks. So we see this is the lips. Because you cannot speak without your lips. So the lips represent Pesach. Shoshana, as we said, Siftotav, Shoshanim, his lips are Shoshanim, roses. What does that mean, roses? Shoshana has a numerical value of what? 661. You have Shin, 300, Vav, 6, 306. Shin again, that's another 300, so 606. The noon is 50, so 656. And the hay is 5, so 656 plus 5 is 661. He, Esther, and it's the same numerical value as what? Esther. Kamuva Bezoar Kadosh, the brother in the writing of the Zohar, Kidve Arizal, Veshoshana Gemetre Esther, as we see over there. Notfot Morover, so we see Shoshana represents Esther. But what is Notfot Morover as it says in the verse? Notfot Morover, dripping with flowing more. What does that mean? This is the aspect of Mordechai. Dripping with Mordechai. What's Mor? It's Mordechai. Mordechai. Because Mordechai, his root in the Torah is brought down in the Malachunin. Page 139b. What's the root of Mordechai in the Torah? What's the source for Mordechai in the Torah? Mordechai. As brought down in the Torah, this, this, this spice of the Torah that we, that we mentioned with regard to the Torah over there. Um, this idea of Mordechai. Leshon Cherut. And what's Dror? Dror comes from the language of Cherut, freedom. It's the same language. Meaning, it literally, it's literally the aspect of freedom. Leshon Cherut, Bechinat Cherut Shel Pesach. This is the freedom of Pesach when we left Egypt. So now we can understand what we're talking about. That Mor, Mor, when it says Mor, not fought Mor over, dripping with flowing Mor. What's Mor? It's Mor Dechai. What's Mor Dechai? It's Mor Deror. So we see the first aspect, which is more. What's more? It's Mordechai. Dror. More is that spice, sorry. And Dror, what's Dror? It comes from the language of Leshon Cherut, freedom. And this is the freedom of Pesach. This is why the combination of the words Purim is hinted within the concept of Pesach. Combination of these letters of Purim is hinted within the word Pesach, in the aspect of Pesach. Now let's see. A pasuk is brought down in the verse in Shemot chapter 23. For seven days you shall eat matzot. Just as I have commanded you. At the appointed time of the month of spring. Which is the appointed time of the month of Nisan. Because that is the month when you left Egypt. And do not appear before me empty-handed. That's the verse that's brought down over there in Shemot chapter 23. Now let's see what this, let's see what Rabbeinu has to say about this. Take the last uh, five words. That this is when you left Egypt, right? So from Egypt. 
Do not appear before me empty-handed. Take the first letters of that, those five words. You have Mem, Velo, Vav, is Yud, Purim. The first letter is, is the, acronym, the acronym for this phrase is Purim. Because Purim is the road and it's the pathway to Pesach. It's the, you, cannot, you cannot do Pesach unless you do Purim Besimcha. Unless you do Purim the way that you're supposed to do Purim. You cannot attain the light of Pesach. Unless you go through Purim. So that now you're able to be careful from Chamet. And especially also the para, Parashat Para, which is that, uh, that purification process which allows us to bring the Korban Pesach. And Rabbanu stopped in the middle of teaching this subject and he did not reveal more. Because now look at this phrase and this is one of the most famous phrases Rabbanu ever gave. Because in the beginning, all the beginnings, all the starts started from Pesach. Pesach was the start of everything. And this is why all the commandments are a, mem- are, are a memory for the leaving of Egypt. They're supposed to help us commemorate the leaving of Egypt. But now, he did not finish. But if you look over there, Chaim Oran, different teaching, Rabbi Nathan writes, this idea that now, all the beginnings are from Purim. Meaning, before it was all Pesach, all the redemption happened to the theme of Pesach. But Rabban was saying, now, the final redemption, the final times, the way we're going to leave exile, everything that's happening now is all through the, the theme of Purim. And this is a huge principle to go by because Purim is um, in the breast of calendar. It's one of the biggest, biggest days, especially it's uh, the only day Rabbi Nachman um, said it's okay to get drunk. So it's a, it's a very big deal. Also look in Likut Elachot for all the secrets about Purim. Why getting drunk? Why we have to get drunk to the point where you don't know the difference between Arur, uh, uh, God forbid, you know? But that you don't know the difference between them. That's how you have to get drunk to that point. And all the significance behind Purim. This, uh, it's the highest illumination of the entire year. It's the highest holiday of the entire year. May we merit to take the light of Purim very, very soon. Um, as Rabbanu says that 40 days before Purim, it's a mesugal, and it's a minhag chasidi that Rabbi Nathan brings this down. Also, that 40 days before uh, Purim, one should start saying, Hatzileni miklipat Haman Amalek Save me from the husk of Haman and Amalek and help me merit the holiness of Mordechai Nester. So may we merit that true holiness. Torah Ein Hei. Merely seeing the face of Tzadikim is in itself something very great. Because the Chachamim say, Look at this. The Talmid Chacham, the Torah scholar, is greater than the Torah. What does it say over there? How foolish are those other people who get up before the Sefer Torah but do not get up before the great person. Now, Rabbi says, we see from this Gemara that the Tamid Chacham is greater than the Torah. And regarding the Torah, we find that 
in the Midrash and Echa at the beginning, in the opening, in the introduction. The light it contains betters him. The light that the Torah contains betters this person. All the more so the light of the Tzadik, that when this person sees the face of the Tzadik, that this light is able to illuminate this person, even better him, even more than the Torah. That the that just by gazing alone on the face of the tzaddikim is extremely beneficial for for holiness. And certainly, when a person merits to speak with a tzaddik, all the more so how much better it is. But just by seeing the tzaddik alone is something in itself very big. At the final Torah, Ayin Vav. Israel become masters to their masters. Every place in which they go, they become princes to their masters. Meaning what? Because every single place they walk to in the exile, in the diaspora, any single place they go to, in the beginning, they're subjugated in exile. Afterwards, they become masters to their masters, meaning they rise to power and they, they attain all this amazing stuff. Because afterwards, the Jewish people conquer the place in which they go to, in which they've been exiled to. Because the Jewish people, they exalt and they elevate all the lowly and fallen places. In the Gemara Begila, page 6, In the future, there will be amphitheaters and arenas which are destined to have Torah publicly taught in them. Meaning those places of amphitheaters and arenas which are places which the Goim took pride in, those places of impurity will be literally transformed into places uh, where people will teach Torah. I mean, literally see this today. Look at it. Go to the MetLife Museum, the the Siyum Shas over there. Thou- hundreds of thousands of Jews literally gather to do Siyum of Shas and to teach Torah publicly. And we see this in many different cases, many different scenarios. This idea how these theaters and arenas get transformed into places which Torah are, in which Torah are, uh, taught publicly. that says, "Ve'nishar gamhu and in uh, the prophet Zechariah chapter 9 and then he too will remain for our God meaning even those far places will remain for Hashem because the Jewish people elevate and exalt all those fallen places and therefore this is why the Jewish people when they're in exile they're called the children of the diaspora why? Because even though afterwards they become masters to their masters, they raise and they exalt and lift everything up. Nonetheless, in the beginning, they are still subjugated in exile. Because we still remember that we're wandering in exile. We're wandering and we're going back and forth in exile. But afterwards, after the subjugation, they raise and elevate everything. This is why we're called the children of the diaspora. Because these are the letters of Gola. What is Gola? Exile. 
Gola rachetevot denishar gamhu lelokeno. Take the, the, the Gola spells out this phrase. Take the letters of Gola, and uh, it's the first letters of this phrase, even those filthy places will remain for our God. Even those places, even that will remain for Hashem. Meaning, even those filthy places which were once used for the Goyim and all their impurity will then turn and be transformed for holiness. And that's what exactly what we were saying earlier. That first we're subjugated in exile, but then we transform in Ishagamhulelokenu. But then those places which we are subjugated in will then become vehicles for holiness. Because afterwards we raise and elevate everything. As we said in the verse. And this too will remain for our God. As we say in the Gemara Megillah, we brought above. In the future, those amphitheaters and arenas will remain for us and will will be will be places in which Torah will be, will be taught publicly. So may we transform all the places we reach, all the the conversations, the places, the exiles we go to, and be able to lift up all those sparks that are present there and uh, retrieve all the holiness that is uh, f- that has fallen once there. Bizarat Hashem.